Welcome to Actors 2020 Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Keith, and today we have two amazing artists that have been on America's Got Talent. We have Brandon and we have Pete. First up is Brandon. He's a singer. He's an actor. He's a model. He's a media specialist. He's a teacher. This guy does it all. Have no idea when he sleeps. He's basically the energizer bunny. He puts the go and go-getter. Let's give Brandon a call. And let's see what he has to offer you. And here we go. Hello. Hello, Brandon. It's Johnny from Actors 2020 Podcast. How are you? I'm doing great, Johnny. How are you doing this morning? I am doing amazing. So you're a singer, you're an actor, you're a model, you're a media specialist, you're a teacher. When do you find time to even sleep? Oh, it's it's not important. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you grow up? Did you grow up here in Los Angeles, North Carolina, South Carolina? Tell me about that. Oh, well, thank you for asking. And that shows that, you know, you have looked at my stuff. So I really appreciate that, that you can see all those locations. Um, but I did grow up here in Los Angeles in the San Fernando Valley. Awesome. So how did you make your way to North and South Carolina? Did you just go to university out there for college? Well, my parents are divorced and my father lives in North Carolina. The colleges are cheaper over there. So then I would get in state over there. It just all kind of kicked off from that. Oh, that's awesome. So what made you even want to get into acting? I've been doing acting, performing, anything performance related. It just fuels my soul since I was about three years old. I can recall family all around me and me doing wild performances of the hokey pokey to rave reviews. And that just being the <laughs> thing. And I loved it. And I loved it. Did you take theater or drama in high school? I did not in high school. I was mostly band and choir in high school, but I did in college. So you play 17 different musical instruments how is that even possible you know that just kind of evolved anytime i saw a need or heard about a need in my ensembles or anywhere i was i was always that person to just jump in and do it when i got to high school in north carolina when i got there i in middle school and in my time in california i was a saxophone player so when i got there i got i joined the marching band and that was fine and good and i was in the jazz band and all that but then when the the wind ensemble where all usually the juniors and seniors were that got to go on the festivals i got to do all the fun stuff when i got there you know they had a ton of saxophones and you know kind of seniority based at that point but they did not have an oboe player the oboe in the band is by far one of the most important instruments because it has all the solos and it has the unique snake charming sound and they didn't have one so i saw an opportunity for myself to jump up as an underclassman to the top band and learn a new instrument practice 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 came back and i made it so how did you get into like modeling? Because your body is just sick, man. I mean, man, you are a cut. I mean, your body's amazing. Ah, well, thank you. First of all, thank you. I got into that while I was in Wyoming. I was just going to the gym every day just to feel good about myself. That once the physical changes started, then it was like, okay, well now I look kind of good in this picture on vacation. Mm -hmm. Okay, well why don't I create a model mayhem pro? I just put it on there. Kind of started from there. It's kind of hard to stick with, huh? How, what are you doing like today? Say like in the last month. Like, what do you do to keep in shape? It is tough. It takes a lot of planning out. I'm sure you've heard of meal prep. You know, like a, on a Sunday, I'll just make all my lunches for the week. I was kind of asking for myself. If I could give the motivation tip, think about just doing it and just taking it one day at a time. And before you know it, you're six months in and you haven't missed anything. How did your modeling career take you all the way to Sydney, Australia? So that magazine, they take submissions from photographers, models all around the world. I was fortunate enough to have worked with three different photographers that submitted their work to them. And they tend to like me down there. AGT, America's Got Talent. Now, what's the process of even getting on that show? It must have been 
been a long, tedious process. Yes, but since we're talking candidly, I'll tell you how my process. My process is a little different. Okay. Like with the funny you should ask, I saw a post on Backstage that said, looking for non-professional flute player. So I submitted to it, and it turned out this was America's Got Talent. Wow. I think it's common knowledge, yes. You know, a lot of people standing in line at the convention for their shot to audition, that is real. But I think the general public understands that there are some people that kind of get tipped off. You know, when you see, like, the Nigerian breakdance team with 30 members, they just didn't happen to be in Los Angeles that day to audition. Like, they were called in. So I was one of the ones that were kind of called in, and that process was, send us a tape of you playing. They're like, okay, we like your look, we like, you know, your background, we like your story, you know, you seem like a very nice person, so start thinking about some of the things that you can do for an act, and then we'll have you come in for producers. Right. Come in for the producers. I think I remember the first thing I did was like, well, I'm kind of a video game nerd, so I did all these video game themes on the flute, and they're like, okay, that was really nice. We can't use any of that because they're copyrighted, but, (laughs) (laughs) you know, we like where you're going, and we think we can work with it. So then over the course of a couple of months, went back and forth deciding on what would be done, how it would be done, how to incorporate you know, the different aspects. Like obviously I was on the show and we did a little reveal to show off the fitness side, just trying to weave all those things in. Right. So, you know, people think TV's real. <laughs> yes. You would be surprised how many people think it's 100% real and authentic. Like, oh, no, not quite. Because I noticed that video of you on America's Got Talent has like almost one point five million views and that's just one of them that i saw yeah first let me ask you about terry cruz because i had a couple of people on this show who worked on a sitcom with him and another person who's from flint michigan and you never hear one bad thing about that dude no not at all what was your experience with him he was so polite he was so down to earth i believe he is very authentic and um i felt so comfortable i felt very excited to work with him and i think he had done something with the flute before but it was like years ago and people kind of forgot but i I do remember that. So I was like, okay, so this isn't something he's just putting on to be fun. Like he legitimately did play this and, you know, he does kind of want to bring awareness, you know, hey, big buff guys can play the flute too. So I was very happy to see that that wasn't something baked or forced from him. That's awesome. He had a little bit of flute envy because your flute was much bigger than his. (laughs) (laughs) That that was, that was my planning. I was like, okay, I know he plays the regular flute, but I've got an alto flute at home. So I'm going to put this on the alto flute, the manlier flute. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the producer's ideal to have you do a whole strip routine? Like, how did that manifest? We did a phone interview, kind of like what we're doing right now. And one of the producers at that time asked, hey, by chance, can you do the peck dance? Because Harry does it all the time. And they're like, okay, well, if we have you do something with him and he does it. You know, if you could do it, that'd be really cool. And I was like, well, no, I can't really do it quite to his level. But I think it, it came out from that. I was like, well, but I can do these things. And they're like, oh, that would be really cool. Sort of like Magic Mike style. I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're standing in front of 4,000 people and you walk out there. Are you nervous or is it just you feel natural or like, what are you going through? It felt so right. Really? I mean, it felt so right. I think I had been more nervous singing a song at church than I did performing in front of that audience. <laughs> in that moment, it was, I know how hard I worked to get here. I know I've done a thousand concept videos. We had done the routine a million times. It was just my opportunity to just do it. That's good. So practice makes perfect. I got out there and I think in some ways when I got out there, Simon Cowell goes, oh, you know, another flute player. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, well, the audience basically made him leave pretty much. <laughs> yeah. To me, I think that was the best. Well, I will be honest. The best experience out of everything was when we were leaving.
taping and after the taping of the, that episode and how many kids came up to me and was like, man, that was so cool. I can't wait to get home and start playing some hip hop music or like, you know, dancing with it. That was the best part. But on stage, just hearing the whole audience just light up and roar for what you're doing, I think that's why we all do it. Here's the weird thing about it. I actually have not seen the episode and I've barely seen my performance. Like I got the video, but I think I've watched like the first 30 seconds and it's like, okay, well, I know what happened. Exactly. Why do I need to watch it? I wasn't there. Did you co-mingle with all the other artists backstage or did they keep you separately and just move you out? Or did you get to talk to all the other performers? You actually spend a lot of time with the other auditionees and performers because while we're filming the interview, you're just in the background. We actually spent a lot of time mm -hmm. talking with each other, like comparing our arts and trying to understand each other. I did get a chance to meet with a lot of the, the folks back there. So is everything free? You don't get paid anything? Because like on divorce court, they'll send a limo to pick you up. You do your bit and they give you like an envelope full of $100 bills. It was all free. It was all by the grace of your good time. <laughs> so out of all your singing and your acting, your modeling, the media specialist, if you, I mean, this is not like a Sophie's Choice, but if you had to pick one thing, what would it be? Oh. That is a Sophie's choice because I can't. <laughs> In a lot of ways, I oof, I would have to say it would be the acting because when I'm like in a musical or an opera, I am acting while doing the music. And if I'm modeling, I feel like get the right angle. You're acting in a way without saying anything. Mm -hmm. And so it all kind of comes back, I feel like, to this acting, embodying that character and telling that story. That's true. And, you know, being on TV, even if it's not per se an acting gig, it's still a talent. What I see for you after looking at all your stuff, you seem to be very comfortable being like a host on a show. Whether it's a, a group or an individual, you come off across very well i see you hosting something that is so funny that you say that because the first thing i did after america's got talent one of my students has started a nonprofit organization for lgbtq plus people and they asked me to host the feedback that i got was you're just a natural anytime that i've hosted something i think i don't know if i put the clip for you but i had a taste it or waste it mm -hmm. hosting on there it felt right mm -hmm. it does because i saw you on a lot of them and you're not trying to make it about you you're not stealing the scene you know when to be quiet you know when to talk and you know when it flows and i'm just looking at you i'm like they could actually lose a couple of the other guys and just leave him <laughs> <laughs> and then you did that bit even the hollywood boulevard thing where you were going to a celebrity star and my wife goes man that was just effortless Oh, tell your wife I said thank you. That was actually my first writing credit. It kind of just told me how their episode worked. And they said, you have free reign to pick mm -hmm. the celebrity that you want to speak about. Just make sure they have a connection and they've inspired you. Take it from there. That was their result. So yeah, you wrote all that. Yes. Well, that's good. So what advice do you have somebody who wants to be an artist? Uh, my top advice to everyone, the advice I give to everyone is be you. And I know that sounds cliche. Someone once said that to me and I kind of rolled my eyes, you know, we all kind of feel like, okay, well, you need to fit certain criteria to get that part or to be that sort of music artist. No, be you. People will gravitate to that before anything else if you try to fake it. That's good advice because a lot of people are out there trying to mimic and trying to be somebody else when nobody can make another you. You are your best asset. Yep. Speaking of assets, you're pretty proud of your butt, aren't you? Well, I don't know if it's me. I think maybe it inspires the photography. The other thing is, in some ways, yes, you should always be you. But when it come to getting out there, you kind of have to know the game. And I say that a lot to people. It's like everything you see on there is authentically me. I try to play the game through my lens. 
on Instagram, people like to see opulence. They like to see high fashion. They like to see sexy bodies. They're not here to discuss Play-Doh. So, so how do you get 31,000 Instagram followers? Uh, pictures like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I talked to a couple of influencers and I was impressed they had 20,000. It's exactly what you just said. They're being themselves. They're not trying to do a cookie cutter format. They're like, this is me. If you don't like it, hey, turn the page and go somewhere else. And bam, they had all those followers. Yeah, I've really noticed that when you are doing that, even if you don't have the highest number, you will have more loyal people that will, hey, if I'm on this podcast, they'll come and listen to this podcast because I'm on it. Mm. And if I'm on that episode, they'll come and watch that episode because I'm on it. You're saying the riches are in the niches. Yes. Oh, I like that. So three to five years from now, where's Brandon going to be? Um, Brandon's going to be an Emmy Award winning show host and he will have two hit albums out mm. because I mean, I just don't sleep. And I have to do it. Hmm. And he will be part of the board of a successful opera company that my partner and I started this past year. That's pretty awesome. So tell me a little bit about your singing. As far as the singing goes, I've just always loved music. And oddly enough, singing was not at the top of it. But when I went to college in North Carolina, and I met my partner, he was getting his master's in voice performance. He was like, okay, well, here's the thing. In order to go to school, you need money. And the best way to get money is to get a scholarship. Okay, let's work backwards. What can we get your scholarship in? Well, there's a ton of flute players and they don't really give out scholarships for writing music too often unless you're the next Mozart. But you do have a unique voice. So I'm going to give you some voice lessons. Did that, got a full scholarship. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool because I tried singing one time. My wife said I should sing solo, solo that she couldn't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> and then she says, no, I, she goes, I take that back. You should sing tenor, 10 or 12 miles down the road. Oh, okay. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> that solo one. I've heard that one, but that tenor one, love it. So if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, where would they go? I have a website, uh, darkvictorybc.com. Is darkvictorybc. I've labeled across everything. So it's my email, it's my website, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of it. Right. So I introduced you before uh, just as Brandon, so I didn't want to slaughter your last name. So can you pronounce? your first and last name for the audience? Sure. Brandon Copridge. Brandon Copridge? Copridge. Wealthy officer. <laughs> See, that's why I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there anything else that you would like to say before we go? Hey, no matter who's out there, whoever hears this, whatever you have to offer is wonderful. Go for it. Don't hide that light. Don't whatever you're thinking about. If it's not outside of your brain, no one will ever appreciate it and you'll never know what it could be. So whatever you have, share it. Right. Brings it back to Vacation Bible School. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. That's the first song we all learn. Is <laughs> <laughs> well, Brandon, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for being my very special guest today. I sincerely appreciate it. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. I wish you all the best, and I cannot wait to tune in and see you as a talk show host. I really see that as your future, just from my point of view. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You have a beautiful weekend. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Wasn't Brandon just amazing? If you want to find out more about him, just go to darkvictorybc.com. Now let's move on to our next amazing guest, Pete. He is a professional actor. He's an entertainer. He's got over 40 years experience in live performance, film, television, music production, comedy. And he's written four novels and recorded and produced six albums. Pete Berwick. Let's listen to a little bit of his music right now. Turn around the 
is like a vocal tent Too much of this might leave me that I don't wanna be no rebel in a Cadillac Rebels and Cadillacs Shock and roll and tic-tac MTV, CMT Please, oh please, you're killing me Yeah, so even though he has the albums, he has the comedy character called Tony Baloney. You might have seen him on America's Got Talent. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about how he started his acting career. A few things that I noticed about him. I noticed he plays the guitar left-handed. He's got a couple of jokes. Number one, his dad said that you got to start at the bottom. But that's when he was teaching him how to swim. He said his mom was never close to him because she breastfed him through a straw. Maybe he'll do a bit for us. Maybe he'll do his character. We'll see what happens with that. He was in a lot of music videos for country stars. We're going to talk about his time where he lived in Nashville. And I want to talk to him about some of the things that he's done along the way. But most importantly, I really want to focus on his acting. All right, so let's get Pete a call and let's see what he has to offer you. And here we go. Go. Pete's Pizzeria, we deliver. Hey, Pete, it's Johnny from Actors 2020 Podcast. How are you? Johnny, how would you like your pizza this morning? How you doing, buddy? Double pepperoni. Are we on? <laughs> we are on. I'll try to keep it clean. I did have a shower this morning. Well, it's another day in L.A. <laughs> I wish I was there, but I'm in Chicago, and it's a delight to be on your radio show. Thanks for having me. Wow, you've had quite the careers from music to novels, but I want to focus kind of on your acting. So was your first acting gig, was it when you did that show called Why Swap? Oh, no, Johnny. Actually, way before that, we got to back up to when I moved to Nashville in 91. with called this agent, you know, and she would give me work. My first acting job ever was um, in the Kentucky Headhunters video, a very popular band back in the 90s in Nashville, and, and I had the part of a greaser, kind of like a, a Fonzarelli, Henry <laughs> Winkler kind of guy. Okay. I just thought, well, this is a great way to to, to hang out, have free coffee and donuts and munchies all day and make 75 bucks. With Dude, you were in like seven country western uh, music videos like from, you know, Joe Diffie to Travis Tripp, Patty Lovelace. So I could do a bunch of country uh, music videos as an extra and then she got me work in, in the John Frankenheimer HBO movie Against the Wall and, and one day this VAD, the assistant director, comes in our holding area where some of us were. He said, okay, I need somebody to die today. So I'm getting stabbed outside the cell of this African-American convict in the movie who's being strip search and everything. It turns out this guy happens to be uh, Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I was here in Hollywood in the early 90s. It was very interesting. So how was Nashville in the early 90s? Oh, man, it was great. You know, if I could give any advice to anyone, do it. Follow your dreams, especially while you're young, especially before you have kids in the mortgage and before you get that serious job that you can't quit. I had nothing to lose. You know, I had this little fledgling rock band. And another thing, as far as any advice I could give, it Look for opportunities, but be, and also be prepared. So when I went down there, I'd already had two albums under my belt. So I brought them down there. I shopped them up and down Music Row. So I, I walked in this one small record label. He put one on, and, and in typical Nashville style, he listened to like 30 seconds of first song. He took it out. He said, I, I don't need to listen anymore. This is a meeting. Long story short, he signed me to a small label. And like within less than a year, I was opening up concert for Charlie Daniels in Florida. Wow. And Nashville was great in the 90s. You know, it was really like the last hurrah of real traditional classic country. You, you had good bands. 
fans. So tell us about the Y-Swap thing. How did you get picked for that? Because that was when it was first starting out. How do you get that gig? Okay, I'll tell you, Canterby, again, done quite a bit of acting in Nashville. I've done some commercials, some industrial stuff. One day I get an email. They said, you know, we're, this is Y-Swap. I said, yeah, we're looking to feature a family who's in the mm. singing telegram business. And would you be interested in that? What I did was I started an entertainment company. And again, advice to aspiring actors, musicians and actors, especially actors. You know, you see so many just waiting for that big break and, and they're telemarketing, they're, they're waiting. You, you can't just wait for that big break. You can create your own acting opportunities. And I did it in the way of starting an entertainment company I call Big Top Entertainment. I learned the clown profession. I became a birthday party clown and I did Elvis impersonations. I, I did the nerd, the chicken, the gorilla, the pirate. I put together this great kid show that I did tons and tons of birthday parties. Johnny, I'm telling you, I was making like uh, 70 uh -huh. grand a year doing this stuff. So here's Life Swap. One day I get an email and would you be interested? La, la, la. So they actually paid you money to be on the show, right? You want to know how much? I'll tell you how much because I know you want to know and your, your listeners want to know. Sure. I made for 10 days work. Wow. It's great, but I don't get residuals. The nice thing about rerunning it, though, is they showed me performing in some local bars, which is that's how really I make most of my living. We both know acting is almost an impossible field, but everything's possible, but music's how I make my living. One of the guys that I had on the show, he was on America's Got Talent, and he told me a very... With, yeah, which I was. He told me a very interesting way how he got on, because I said, were you just part of the crew or whatever? And no, he answered a whole ad. It was all prepared. It was a two-weeks rehearsal thing. How was your experience on there? Were you part of the crowd? Just happened to show up or did they contact you? I mean, how did it work? I mean, one day a, a director, a woman called me. So I don't know if she's got tell. I really like this video. I think it's funny. And she interviewed me and I never heard from her again. I thought, okay. And then maybe like four years later, Again, this time not a call, but an email from another casting director. And he said, this is funny stuff. It's kind of like a red carpet um, audition. You know, you come in through the back. And sure enough, man, I, I went through and it was like, in no time I was in front of like four judges, just like on the show. There, it was a holy cow, it's kind of intimidating. And it was audition. I just came in like I owned the place. I walked out of there. I, I was on from the moment I came in, from the moment I left. And when I met my wife out in the waiting area, I said, let's go celebrate. I got this thing. We went to a nice Mexican restaurant, had margaritas. I knew it. I knew without a doubt that I nailed the audition. And I did. I got on the show. Do you want to do a bit uh, as Tony Baloney? Do a couple minutes of him? Oh, Tony Baloney? I may as well because I'm standing up. It's stand-up comedy, right? Yeah, well, you know what? I'm standing up. I have to. My hemorrhoids are killing me. So I was lying on the couch just a little while ago before you called. And the wife says, why are you lying on the couch? Well, what are you going to do today? I said, nothing. So that's what you said yesterday. I said, I know, but I wasn't through. She said, let me tell you something. You, know, you never fix anything around the house. I said, that is not true. Every day of the week, I fix something around the house. Monday, a martini. Tuesday, a Manhattan. She said, you know, every morning I see the man next door kiss his wife goodbye. In the evening, he brings her home flowers. How can we never do that? I said, because I don't even know her. <laughs> oh, I tell you. And I, it goes on and on. But no, you, know, you can laugh, Johnny. I'm sure you had a nice childhood, a nice young man. Try being me. I had a horrible childhood. The day I was born, my mom asked the doctor for a second opinion. <laughs> my dad, when I was three years old, my mom and dad bought me a quicksand box. I mean, they didn't have it easy. They were so poor, they got married for the rice. Finally, when I was six, my dad bought me my very first present 
ever. He bought me a bat. First time I played with it, it flew away. <laughs> you see my clip on America's Got Talent? Do you see the clip? Uh-huh. Simon, he's just, I love I love him. And he loved Tony Ballone. He's just great. He was the king of Hollywood. He, he's just wonderful. And then you got Heidi Klum, the supermodel, Mel B, and then Howie Mandel came out, all these young people, and my very, and they did edit it, Johnny, down to like 48 seconds. Now, I was out there for four minutes. Simon actually gave me another 20 seconds. He loved me. He was like smiling because he, he got it. He got the old shtick. Don't you have a new band? Is it a Johnny Cash cover band? Yes. Yes. Johnny, it is. It's called Folsom, and oh man, what a story that is! And we just performed our first show as Folsom last Sunday to hundreds of people at this festival up in Kenosha, Wisconsin. With three more shows booked, we got a really great show booked down the street for me. Also, great bar right on the Fox River. Boaters, bikers, families. I mean, but when I really channel the spirit of cash, it's very believable and convincing. Whether it's music or acting, I talk about both because I know about both. You know, and it's they're really in so many ways, very similar creatures. Musicians are actors. When I'm up there playing Johnny Cash, what am I doing? I'm acting, right? Right, you're playing a character. I'm playing the role of Johnny Cash. I'm an actor. I had a question about your guitar playing. I don't know if I'm looking at it wrong or it's a reverse effect. Are you left-handed? Are you playing the guitar left-handed? No, you're just dyslexic. Yeah, yeah, I'm left-handed. I am a lefty. Left-handed Johnny Cash, how about that? Here's the best place for somebody to find you online if they wanted to find out more about you. Facebook, probably. I mean, I have... Let's see. Well, PeteBerwick.com is my website. PeteBerwick.com. And you're performing at the Broken Ore on the 25th in Point Barrington, Illinois? Yes, sir. Yeah. August 25th at 2 p.m. we go on. That's like an afternoon and the early evening show. Like I said, we play from 2 to 3.30. So it's the Johnny Cash cover band, and you're the star. You're playing Johnny Cash? Yes. You're singing the song? Yes, sir. Yeah, I am. Awesome. Oh, well, I'm Johnny awesome. Cash. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the man in black, you know. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great killer band, you know, and the sky's the limit. What? This would be the thing that takes you over the top. And the thing is, it isn't me. I told all the band members, this thing's bigger than all of us. This is Johnny Cash. To me, Johnny, I, I know Johnny Cash. I grew up, I cut my teeth on him. He was the first cow punk. It's like you got an acting job playing Johnny Cash, and now you get to play that role. Exactly. Well, Pete, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Johnny. For being my very special guest. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap it up? I think we probably said it all. You asked some really good pertinent questions. You did a really good job. I, I say we're good, Johnny. Um, I, I think we're good for now, and I really appreciate being on your show. Thank you so much, Pete. God bless, buddy. Stay in touch. Take care. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Goodbye. That Pete is one funny guy. If you want to find out more about Pete, just go to PeteBerwick.com. That's B-E-R-W-I-C-K, PeteBerwick.com. We also want to once again thank Brandon Copperich. If you want to find out more about him, remember DarkVictoryBC.com. That's DarkVictoryBC.com. So, coming up on Actors 2020 Podcast will be more amazing guests. We have Robert and Gloria Mann. They have a film called The Cassie Confession. It's going to be in the Burbank Film Festival. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Actors 2020 Podcast. I'm Johnny Keith, your host. Now we're going to end this episode like we end every episode with something called The Lesson. Because life is a bitch. Gee, really? Why don't you tell me something I don't already know? Cause everywhere I go, people tell me what to do. Hey, go to church, go to school, you treat me like a fool. Now, I don't need religion, culture, or class. You don't like that fact, well, you can kiss my ass. Yeah, I'm white and I rap. You got a problem with that? Loosen up and don't.
we so tight Take it easy, E We got the whole night Yes, I'm psyched I'm ready to get the show on the road I don't wanna stop Cause I just might explode I'll tell you what, home slice I'm twice as nice Than any bad boy rapper Called Vanilla Ice My lesson, yeah, is hip In case you didn't know What I'm here to inform you I'm better than snow I don't moonwalk or jump Like these Michael J's But I can hold my own You hear what I say? Now listen Learn, cause here comes the lesson. Lesson one, everybody sit down. JK is gonna take you for a ride uptown. Yo, this is the story of the Hollywood game. Choose your path careful, you're the only one to blame. Now when it comes to pot, crack, tweak, or blow, stick to the rules and just say no. Because you're young, you're eager, you want in the movies. Don't think you'll get there by giving up the booty. Cause they'll use you, abuse you, throw you out like trash. And then you'll discover that you're out of cash. Now your heart, your soul is somewhere on the shelf. And you're walking through the streets now talking to yourself. The lesson. Well, you heard lesson one, it's time for lesson two. You have a choice, and the choice is up to you. I came to Hollywood to be a rich and famous star, but for now I'm waiting tables and I'm tending someone's bar. Pictures, classes, agents, where the hell does it all end? Every time I turn around, I'm starting over again. I finally got a break with a five line and under. My life was starting to roar like lightning and thunder. The phone rings, hello? I'm cast in a pilot. My life spun out of control just like an LA riot. I walked off the set, said to hell with this old man. The phone's not even ringing and my life is in the can. The lesson. Yeah, final lesson here, of course it's number three. Now remember, I'm an actor to be or not to be. When the going got tough, I climbed into the bottle. I'm back on my feet now, revving my throttle on the climb to the top. It's the same old games. Now I'm kicking ass and I'm taking some names. Clawing, scraping, screaming, that was a long, hard crawl. But it was all worth it, I'm a box office straw. Opportunity was there when I took it with a punch. Not now, baby, but let's do lunch. There's a big piece of pie and you should grab your portion. You can be like me, enjoying fame and fortune. Boom! That's the lesson. Go and learn it. It's the lesson. Go and learn it. It's the lesson. Peace out. Thank you for tuning in to Actors 2020 Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Keith. Until the next episode.